Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to China Corner Office, a podcast produced in partnership with SupChina, Featuring conversations with business leaders from around the world about the challenges and opportunities of doing business in China, the world's most dynamic economy. I'm Chris Marquis, a professor of business at Cornell, where I teach and research on this same topic. Every episode, we talk to an executive at a company doing business in China and explore what has led to their personal and business success and also some of the challenges they've encountered along the way. With geopolitical tensions between the U.S. and China on the rise, understanding how business can compete in China is more important than ever. If you're interested in doing business in China or are looking for insights to adjust your current business strategy, this is the show for you. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're talking to Larry Zhang, managing partner at Qing Capital, a pioneering cleantech VC firm in China and globally. Larry is himself a pioneer in this space, having worked at Qing Capital for over 16 years, where he is involved in all aspects of the firm's business, including deal sourcing, execution, and portfolio management. Larry also holds a doctorate from the University of International Business and Economics in Beijing, and is a Harvard Advanced Management Program alumni as well. Larry, welcome to China Corner Office. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me. Great. Let me, you know, I want to dive in sort of starting back a little bit historically, because, you know, like I mentioned, I mean, you guys are such pioneers, you know, back when you got started, I think the idea of an environmental fund, clean tech fund, you know, was really very new and novel. And so I'd love to hear a little bit about how Qing Capital got started, how you got involved in the space and in the firm yourself, because really back in early 2000s, I mean, this was not something many leading investors were doing. Yeah, you're right. And uh, also uh, fascinating to recall stories. Uh, we never believe it. It's already 20 years. So uh, two, two things I, I think are very interesting. Uh, Team Capital was founded by um, uh, Donna E, who studied and worked in U.S. for Silicon Valley for over 20 years, uh, roughly before 2000. And uh, at that time, there's a, uh, there was a, a group visit from Tsinghua University in China visiting Silicon Valley. I think 
there was a very interesting uh, discussion, dialogue between him and also the visiting experts. So uh, he decided to come back uh, to start his own business. And uh, together, working together with Tsinghua University, particularly the Tsinghua uh, School of Envi Envi uh, Environment. And uh, that's the start of the uh, 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 Team Capital platform. Personally, myself. And I, uh, after graduation, I worked in, uh, my first work was a telecommunication company, technology driven for the 3G uh, technology product development. And uh, it was uh, VC-backed. I uh, I had a lot of a very good opportunity to discuss with uh, the VC guys sitting on the board of that company, and uh, you you know that's the beginning of my uh, interest in VC, uh, and also you, you know at that time, the uh, uh, most of the VCs are the technology IT uh, internet focused, and uh, but you know. They, they uh, around 2000, uh, coming to the new uh, century, they, with the development in China economy and also the pollution growing uh, uh, very serious, uh, something easy to see identi and identify is the uh, air pollution. Uh, air pollution series. So sandstorm is one of the phenomena. And, as, and also, I, uh, we believe with the development of China economy, the government or the nation is more of a, uh, ready to uh, expand uh, more uh, resources and its money expenditure to uh, promote the uh, environment uh, sector. So I think that's some of the backstory, uh, background story of this uh, start of the Qing Capital and also start my career. And most importantly, uh, Qing Capital can start this uh, VC investment in this Clintech area. One of the key reasons is uh, we found the uh, group of uh, LPs uh, which are willing, which were willing to support us, uh, including the um, uh, development banks, national development banks, and also international development banks, family offices, and also multinational companies. Uh, we can uh, touch upon this interesting uh, point uh, later on. Yeah, very interesting. And, you know, you're very modest, I think, in, in describing. I mean, it seems sort of obvious now, but, you know, who would have thought like 20 years later, President Xi is saying China is going to be carbon neutral and, you know, fifth year plans, last few are so focused on, you know, new energy and the environment. Um, yeah, but I'd, I'd love to hear, uh, you know, how you helped actually almost build this field in some way in in China. And and you mentioned the LPs, and I would like to, like you said, get to the, them in a bit. But I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit first about the companies that you were identifying and wanting to invest in. You know, how did you sort of source your deals and convince them that, you know, clean tech was, it was a viable area to focus on? Yeah, it's an interesting topic. I think uh, yeah, when the fund established or the establishment of the fund, we um, have conducted uh, the um, uh, due diligence, uh, meetings, entrepreneurs, and uh, have meetings, uh, attend uh, seminars with the uh, within this sector. You know, 
the China's um, so-called clean tech, at that time there was no clean tech word. Uh, just after 2000, 2001, two, there's a only environment uh, sector or the environment, the uh, energy efficiency sector. And then later on, we have the, we had the renewable energy sector. So at the very beginning, so our fund is called uh, China Environment Fund at 2002, which means the fund focused on, uh, uh, purely focused on environment protection sector. And uh, the vintage year is 2002. And, uh, you know, at the early uh, uh, years of the, of the fund investment, I think we were uh, pushed by the entrepreneurs in this sector. You know, uh, at that time, the environment sector was very, uh, how to say, was very shabby. The entrepreneurs are not dressed in the blue suit. They don't speak English. Their offices were uh, in uh, small uh, buildings, uh, very remote areas from the downtown, from the, uh, the, the business center. But the uh, are uh, they were uh, intending to solve the environment problems, uh, to uh, address the pollution issues. So I, I think that was so fascinating, and uh, they at that time also they were very eager to meet uh, investors. Uh, you know, seldomly there's no uh, social capital who are willing to support them. Yeah. The only resource is government, okay, from the budget, from the government pr- uh, procurement, and uh, there's no, uh, they the, the lacked the sufficient capital to support their business. You know, the, the, all these entrepreneurs, they are very uh, aggressive, ambitious to grow the environment sector because they are experts. They know how um, backward and uh, uh, they know the potential of the industry at that time. They know the urgency, they can feel the ur- uh, uh, urgency. Uh, the, uh, we can uh, understand the eagerness. And also in this process, we learned a lot from the entrepreneurs. Uh, at that time, there was uh, uh, only a number of investors who were willing to meet them to visit the uh, uh, environment technology companies or uh, operation companies. So we have plenty of time to discuss technology, business model, or most importantly, the policy trend, the government uh, uh, ambition, and the potential of this market. So we have a lot of time, multiple meetings. During this process, I think we, we understand each other, the firms, Entrepreneurs understand. So why these guys are willing to do investment in these areas? Are they uh, serious? And uh, we also learn, pick up knowledge, become the uh, the uh, the uh, market practice, and understand deeply the uh, risks and also the uh, 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 return out of the the needs of this uh, environment environment uh, companies. I think that that. Uh, areas that that time at that time, it's a very uh, uh, memorable history. Even though uh, right now, uh, twenty years passed, uh, sometimes we uh, still keep uh, a regular contact with the entrepreneurs early stage, early years, and some of the companies are already very big, 
and uh, public companies. So the um, their chairman, CEOs, uh, we still sometimes we still have phone calls. We meet over WeChat. Sometimes we meet when we travel. We just pick up a cup of tea. There's no business already. We are on different <laughs> business tracks. They are so big. Yeah. So it's very uh, uh, a good friendship uh, during this uh, uh, that years of uh, uh, learn from each other, multiple meet, uh, uh, meetings. Even though there's there was no business, uh, uh, we, we we don't invest in them. Do, do you have any sort of case studies of or examples of companies where you engaged with very early on, learned from, maybe invested, and then you know they grew? Yeah, I can share. So one thing we didn't invest, okay? There's yeah. a, you know, um, there's a public company in China, in Chinese called Xianhe Environment Protection. The company's doing the uh, air pollution testing, okay? They have a special technology. You know, the group of uh, engineers uh, uh, originating, originated from a, a state-owned um, uh, research institute based in Hebei province. It's very close to my hometown. Okay, so we talk a lot of uh, talk a lot about things, uh, the tea, the uh, hometown uh, food, uh, study, graduation, uh, college, and of course environment pollution. You, you know, uh, around two thousand five and six, uh, with the boom of the air pollution control, so the uh, inspection. And also monitoring is a must. So there's a uh, there was a boom, uh, a strong demand for this equipment. So Xianhe was one of the companies uh, pioneers which can do this at, right at that time. And a lot of demand, and uh, but there you, you know engineers are um, uh, uh, not very good at uh, management and also to organize fundraising. And uh, so a lot of uh, uh, investors, uh, money lenders uh, came to them. Okay, so I still remember uh, we talked uh, uh, a number of times. I visited that company. I invited uh, the founder to uh, meet me, Mr. Lee. Also, Mr. Lee. Uh, Mr. Lee is also the chairman of this company, and. Uh, uh, I think is the, the conversation was very good, but we at that time we have only uh, uh, U.S. fund. Okay, we don't have money uh, RMB uh, funds available. So other guys from the security companies, uh, IB banks, or just uh, some money lenders, just write a check to them. Okay, we we don't need any DOD. We just give you a check. Give me your your phone, your uh, bank account details. I can just uh, why are you ten thousand million? Okay, you, you you then you can give me sign something a receipt. That's okay. Yeah, we we can talk later. Yeah, how to uh, what are the key terms uh, expectations? So it's also very uh, uh you know that guy Mr. Lee is also very um, nervous. Uh, uh, how can uh, uh, I handle this? He he asked me these questions. So I, I say, okay, yeah, it, it's good for you. That, that's recognition from the market, from the from the capital market. And but that time we don't have um, RMB available. It's a it's a PT, and uh, we also sign a term sheet to lock. Trying from my from myself, trying to lock some opportunity of if you want to raise another round, 
And uh, in addition to this uh, uh, borrowing, and uh, we are on the first uh, priority, uh, that's okay. But, you know, after that period of time, they, they started their IPO process. Well, it's a pity for our investment. But, you know, uh, from personal aspect, we have a, a very good uh, friendship. Uh, regularly, um, we uh, talk to each other. I think it's a, uh, I, I learned, um, pick up quite a number of knowledge from him to learn the very uh, uh, infield, uh, the uh, practical uh, practice uh, at that time uh, from these companies, from the firms. It's quite interesting. Yeah, that's 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 a really great story, and how, you know, really in these early days of of a, of a new field, I mean, people working together and collaborating and and becoming friends, and even if they don't become business partners, still, you know, everyone's really benefiting because knowledge is spreading. In describing the you know the investors that were really after Mr. Lee, it sounded you know, very informal and, you know, very casual almost. And I'm wondering, is that a reflection of the time period of being sort of very early in venture investment in China? Or is there still a lot of sort of more informal investment going on today? I think there is still such phenomenon. I see a number of things from this phenomenon. So some firms like us, it's um, uh, regulated, uh, it's a, a very well organized uh, there's an internal control investment process and also compliance. We have three uh, duty, uh, formal duty process. Uh, one is the, uh, the so-called environment, uh, the uh, ESG audit. And of course, we have legal audit. We have the uh, uh, financial duty, uh, uh, of course. But some other firms, I think is uh, maybe some uh, individuals, wealthy individuals, or some private owned companies, they strongly believe something, believe in something, believe in uh, somebody, some entrepreneurs. So their DOD process was more of uh, based on the trust, based on their own judgment. Uh, they don't have to report to their internal uh, compliance because it's individually, privately owned. There's only one boss. Uh, I think at that time, or even though right now, uh, even right now, we have such, uh, we, came, we came across such, invest, such back, uh, investors of such background. But that's, 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 that's also okay. But, you know, for uh, uh, Team Capital, I think the things we can pick up is we play professional, and uh, we have to go through the uh, the um, uh, necessary process, even though we have full trust, uh, full positive judgment uh, toward this a specific investment. We have to go through this because we have a group of LPs. We have internal process requirements, and uh, uh, but the the things we most cherish is we are theme investment. We uh, cherish the. Uh, sustainability, we cherish the clean tech, which is doing good, uh, uh, by uh, doing well by doing good. And we have to follow something, follow the principles. And uh, we also enjoy the communication, the process with the entrepreneurs. Uh, we, I think we respect each other. 
that's the the play from uh, Qing Capital. Uh, maybe sometimes it's a kind of uh, uh, opportunity loss because you cannot do very quick, very casual decision. But it's th- that's not our, our cup of tea. <laughs> we play professional right. game. Yeah, yeah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, yeah, I mean, I think given the size of the market, I think everything can sort itself out. I'm sure that the, you know, depth of expertise that you bring actually, um, you know, is an asset to a lot of companies. So a lot of companies might say, okay, it's a more rigorous, longer process, but actually in the end, we get, you know, much more expertise from our, from the VC. So I think that's, yeah, there's probably pros and cons from the investor, or excuse me, from the company sides. Uh, I'd love to hear you mentioned, you know, sort of obviously the, you know, the core theme is clean tech. Are there any sort of segments within that that you have particular specialties in? Yeah, it's a very good question. So clean tech, um, I would say we're based in in China, uh, mainly focus on China originated companies, even though we can do also do investment in Silicon Valley in Canada and also in Israel. And also we have an interest to, to look at deals from Europe. But of course, 80% of the company's portfolios, our interests are based in, uh, from uh, China. Um, you know, uh, look back uh, the last 20 years. So uh, when we started, uh, there's only environment protection. Uh, we have to address the pollution issue and also to um, uh, tackle the uh, uh, the China's uh, five-year plan. Uh, I think maybe the one, uh, the 10th five-year plan, 11th five-year plan at that time. And uh, th- that was very ambitious uh, 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 plan, a vision from the government. Um, and later on, we have the uh, we had the uh, in, uh, energy efficiency, and then around 2008, uh, the renewable energy, including wind, solar, and also hydro, biomass, uh, uh, emerged and also growing uh, very fast. And then I think it's around the 2010, we have energy uh, storage and uh, uh, the uh, uh, EV uh, technology and also sector and uh, from the uh, electric uh, battery, electric vehicles, and also I, I, I think even the hydro later on, uh, hydro power, hydro uh, battery uh, powering the vehicles. So a uh, smart technology uh, later on. And uh, within the different uh, stage, there's uh, uh, the, the uh, we see different uh, development a new development of new uh, sectors, subsectors. So our fund, uh, the focus of our fund, different funds are evolving. So currently we have four funds uh, established. Uh, we are uh, setting up the fifth fund uh, under uh, Team Capital Management. The, uh, the first fund, uh, second fund, quite close, 2002 and 2004, vintage years. So mainly based on the environment protection and also energy efficiency sectors. And then the third fund, vintage year 2007, uh, to, uh, actually literally 2008, it's a main theme uh, of that fund is renewable energy. It's wind, solar, biomass, um, uh, uh, um, the uh, most majority of portfolios. 
And then the fourth fund, so covers a wider range, including the smart technology, energy resources, energy, uh, the uh, smart technology, and also energy uh, storage. And also, uh, a main part is the EV technology. And uh, uh, within this uh, fund, we deployed, uh, invested in uh, IoT and also the uh, smart chips and uh, artificial intelligence. So we see this is the right angle to uh, address the uh, sustainable uh, sustainability issue uh, to uh, achieve the sustainability, uh, sustainable development. So uh, that's so within the development of s- uh, different sectors, different um, uh, uh, industries within this uh, clean tech. So we just uh, adjust the uh, focus of our different funds. So uh, uh, that's a practical way uh, because we have to, uh, anyway, we have to um, uh, see the return of the uh, financial return of the funds uh, because our fund, our uh, LPs, even though they are, uh, no matter it's a financial offices, it's a, a long time uh, old money from prestigious family offices are the multinationals, they have a, a, a very uh, well-organized uh, uh, visions to uh, support uh, Team Capital as a main hub to screen the um, uh, technology in China, new technology, business opportunity, or the development banks. But anyway, they have a financial driven uh, very uh, seriously, very, um, it says there's a bottom line okay, <laughs> from them. We have to uh, make 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 sure it's uh, successful, okay. But but you you, you know uh, it's 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 a new bird to add one point. Uh, the theme investment, in addition to uh, uh, look for to seek the financial returns, you have more of uh, 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 requirements from ESG. That means you have to bear additional uh, resources, additional cost and expenses to do this to implement to uh, the implement due diligence and also to implement your monitoring process after the uh, investment in your uh, portfolio management uh, uh, process. So even though sometimes to uh, the uh, portfolio companies, they have to spare some extra uh, resources and uh, expenses to do this. It's uh, uh, from this point, it's uh, additional costs and expenses. But on the other hand, uh, to address this, we try to um, mobilize the uh, network, the experts, the resources we have uh, from our LPs, from our uh, expertise to help our portfolio companies. Uh, I can give you an example to, to elaborate on this. So we have a portfolio company uh, which is doing the recycle, uh, recycling the plastics, okay? Uh, and uh, their product is to uh, reuse this, uh, uh, the uh, plastics to produce the fibers, which can be used in products like the some bags, some uh, uh, umbrella, which is quite popular uh, the, uh, in some um, um, chain store market. For example, I- IKEA. Okay, 
IKEA likes their products. IKEA pro,、uh, procure,、uh, purchase uh, the uh, uh, products from their from their customers. The, that means our portfolio pro,、uh, produce the main material, the raw material, and their direct customers produce the uh, the the uh, umbrellas, bags, plastic bags, very, which is very colorful. Okay, and、uh, IKEA has such mandate to promote carbon emission. To promote uh, the uh, uh, recycling, uh, the the、uh, the theme, they like their products, okay. But they have a very strict、uh, ESG audit. They have audit their supplier, the suppliers of supplier. So、uh, when they do the audit,、uh, before that we we know this. We uh, uh, introduced uh, one of our resources, which is a、uh, ESG. Uh, instit- uh, consulting firm,、uh, we have a, a long-term uh, uh, relationship. That firm,、uh, institution firm, consulting firm, help us to do the uh, uh, audit and also help our compo-、uh, portfolio companies to do the monitor、uh, regularly monitor their、uh, performance, ESG performance. So we en- engage, help this company engage this consulting firm to streamline the internal process. To uh, 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 set up, actually, they have the common practice, but they have to make it clear. They have to put it on the paper, and uh, to uh, 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 streamline that internal process, the uh, 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 internal regulations, and uh, so after uh, upon the uh, IKEA audit, that's easier and also more of a. Uh, convenient for the auditors, and they pass this、uh, audit from IKEA. So、uh, I think it's a it's it's a kind of a, a compliance when they do MNC companies doing their internal supply chain ESG audit. I think that's a a very、uh, effective help this portfolio. It's it's not very big. Their annual、uh, revenue is only. Uh, uh, 500 million RMB.、Uh, compared with、uh, other IKEA suppliers, there's no uh, very uh, other advantages. But the ESG angle is a help uh, uh, for them. The、uh, successful secure the deal, secure the long、uh, relationship, and uh, uh, also their、uh, entrepreneur and also one of our.、Uh, um, Team、uh, Capital's representative also, as a board member, were invited to attend、uh, IKEA's、uh, global meeting, supplier meeting, ESG uh, uh, the uh, uh, angle. I, I think it's quite、uh, recognition for this for this firm. Yeah, no, that's re- really interesting. I mean, I was thinking a, a bit about you know some of the government reasons why companies are getting more involved in this, but you know as You know, I'm seeing here in the U.S. there is such pressure on companies now for ESG reporting, and this, and not just sort of like the Scope One or Two, you know, sort of their emissions, but you know what is known as the Scope Three emissions, which is actually, you know, through the supply chain. And so I can imagine, you know, IKEA is known as a really pioneer. In that, I can imagine that in the coming years, there's going to be a lot more attention on those issues in supply chains, and so you guys seem to be, you know, very well su- suited up for that.、Uh, 
I want to ask you a little bit about the ESG measurement and management. I, you know, the, it's interesting the way you portrayed it. You know, it's fair, it's obviously a cost to the firm. I mean, you have to, you know, have processes in place. You have to collect data. You, I mean, I'm sure it's a very involved process for, for many of the firms. Uh, and then the sort of the main offset would be maybe networks. You know, that they can connect into some of these. You know, particularly through you know the networks that you developed. Uh, you you probably know the investor Larry Fink in the United States, so they're the CEO and chair of BlackRock, who he, every year he's been writing these letters encouraging the companies that he invite, invests in to be more sustainable, to report more on ESG. Uh, the way he describes it is very much that it's a long-term risk management tool and and an indicator of good management quality. And he thinks suggests that those reasons sort of offset uh, the cost. I'm curious, you know, if you find that as well, that maybe, you know, the companies that you invest in because of going through this process, they're, I don't know, more resilient, you know, less prone to have big risks. Uh, yeah, I'm curious, those benefits of the ESG management. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to, to China firms, uh, team capital experience, I think is a uh, uh, the ESG, I think it's three, three things. We see three things, okay, during our practice to implement this and also to monitor this. Implement this means doing the DOD and investment. We have to push the entrepreneurs to write down paper and black and white in their LPA, in, in their SPA, shareholders agreement, these ESG schemes, these obligation to them. And then we have to uh, uh, take efforts to make sure it will be implemented and it will be monitored uh, annually. Okay? But this is based on team capital's expenses. We hire the uh, consulting firm to help them to go through this compliance, which is a, a screening of the potential risks. I think it's a benefit to the company. And uh, companies should be happy to uh, address, to receive the consulting firm's visit, go through the details. It's helpful to them. And number three, it's uh, uh, value added because the uh, sustainability driven is a mandate from the governments of the, uh, of the world. We see, but you know, different stages, different progress from different continent, different companies. And China's maybe, we know China quite well. China's maybe more, more of aggressive. President Xi just newly announced 2013, 2030, the carbon peak emission. We, before that, we reached uh, the peak of the carbon emission and at 2060. So it's carbon neutrality. So I, I think it's quite, quite aggressive. We have a long, lot of, uh, there's a lot, a lot of uh, challenges, a lot of work to do, which, which is, you know, have, it's a good thing for the, uh, for the clean tech companies. Okay. And, uh, so, so, you know, it's, uh, there will be very strong demand. It's a mandate. Mandate means a strong demand for clean tech products, clean tech, uh, services. So for, Take the example I just said. So without the ESG angle, without the recycling products, they cannot go into this IKEA supply chain. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very reputable clients. 
is not only talk about the price, talk about the expenses. They recognize your um, uh, ESG efforts, your professional, your uh, 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 socially responsible uh, efforts and uh, expenditures. They, they just respect this expenditure. They, they give you this uh, uh, return for your ESG uh, uh, achievements. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's also uh, uh, for these clean tech companies or sustainably driven companies, it's, uh, we see more and more market for them, purely for this uh, clean tech products and services. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's also very, very good for them. I think that's the value for our, uh, firms, VC firms like us. We can bring this. We are, um, we know this quite well. We know this. Uh, we are quite well connected with resources and uh, we can help them to go quickly into this um, uh, ecosystem. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you, you talked a little bit about like some of the early companies and how, you know, you know the, the different sectors have matured. I'd love to hear a little bit about the how the investors have changed over time. I think you mentioned initially it was like development banks, maybe family offices. You know, how, you know, compared to early days, you know, when you got started to now, you know, what are some of the different trends in the types of investors and what their interests are? Um, I, I think it's uh, it's quite uh, obvious. Uh, maybe. Uh, two things. One is it, the investors, LPs, so we see LPs, yeah, compared with uh, VC as investors or our fund as investors. Right, yeah. Uh, I mean the our, LPs, uh, yeah. Right. The funds uh, investors, LPs. LPs, um, there's uh, maybe two groups. One group is uh, they just talk about with a strong uh, clean tech mandate. Uh, they have, uh, we have the uh, uh, development banks, I, ADB, IFC, FMO, uh, EDC from Canada, and also the JBIC from Japan, of course, China's uh, uh, national development banks, okay, and also multinational companies, family offices. Uh, they take example, the development banks, they intend to identify some first time or second time team and fund to support in uh, designated territories. For example, uh, 10 years ago, they see China as, a, as one of their target territory to uh, identify the right team or fund to, to support them to have their fund, first fund, uh, second fund to do the ESG investment to promote this uh, theme. And then they identify the Southeast Asia, Thailand, the Vietnam, Indonesia as their primary uh, target territory to do this. And then Africa, they trying to do this, but it's not easy. But anyway, China is right now is not their primary target to do the fund investment to promote or sustainability. So that, that, that's one change. So uh, for us, we have to uh, uh, push ourselves to go through this process to graduate from the primary stage, from the secondary school, and then to college. And then we can, we will be able to, uh, uh, to face the more uh, uh, 
uh, restrict challenges, financial challenges or financial expectations, return expectations from the more wider range of LP base. For example, the endowment fund, the typical financial institutions, you know, typical financial final fund or FOFs. They have definitely have a, a, a clear mandate to deploy a portion of their funds into the Clintech investment or sustainability investment. But they have a more of a strict financial return requirement. So we have to push ourselves to grow to a stronger uh, uh, stage, to a, to a better stage. And uh, then we can address their uh, financial return expectations. Uh, that's the way we grow Qin um, uh, Capital's fund, invest, fund development. And, uh, you know, some of the funds are unable to grow themselves into the second stage. They can only uh, face the uh, ADB, IFC, the, uh, 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 the, some of the uh, family offices which have a clear, uh, which have a, uh, only the uh, ESG investment mandate. Maybe they are not able to face a more wider LP uh, range because they are very picky on the uh, financial return investment. You can do uh, the ESG. You have ESG uh, angle. That's good. It's a plus, uh, but it's not enough. Okay, uh, you have to um, pass their uh, financial return threshold. Okay, so um, it's um, it's also we have to grow ourselves. Okay, uh, same example, similar example. Uh, we can compare this process with some of our companies we see uh, for the uh, environment sector. Okay, some of the environment sectors at first stage, their main uh, revenue coming from garment procurement. Uh, it's a big market. It's only the number one clients, the government, local government. But gradually they have to diversify their their revenue into more of multiple uh, uh, business firms and their main clients. Um, otherwise, there will be risk, okay? They, they, they reach a stage, it's, it's not easy for them to grow bigger. Uh, yeah, we see such companies, they, there's a bottleneck for them. They, they have to go uh, overthrow. For our fund investment, uh, the same thing, yeah, same thing, <laughs> same uh, methodology. Yeah, very interesting. Sort of, I, I have one sort of final question. It's sort of, you know, looking to the future a bit. I mean, it's, you know, the sector has been growing like crazy since you've been involved over the past 20 years. And there's indications that even the rate of growth may be even faster in the future, given you mentioned, you know, recent, you know, the President Xi and the 2060 carbon neutral, 2030 peak carbon. And I think even in the U.S., uh, and, and globally and in Europe, as you know, investors and others are really wanting companies to report on their scope three emissions. And so that suggests through the supply chains, there'll be a lot of focus, you know, really suggests that we're just going to be, you know, this sector is going to be growing tremendously over in the coming decades. And you mentioned you're going to be, you know, having a fifth, fifth fund too. I'm curious, you know, as you think about your fifth fund and how the market may change, what are some of the key areas that you think that uh, that will be really hot. You know, there's two, we see there's two main drivers behind this sustainability or clean tech. Right now, we use more of uh, uh, sustainability. 
So why is a uh, I innovation? It's always innovation, technology innovation, and the other one is uh, government and regulation. Okay, that's mandate, that's long term vision from uh, big companies, from uh, uh, government leaders of the world. So the first one is innovation. It's uh, I think it's quite familiar to. VC firms and also VCs are quite experienced to identify innovation、uh, areas or innovation opportunities, and we know how to identify, how to support, how to manage, how to grow this innovation technology to a successful business model. That's uh, uh, no matter it's a、uh, uh, sustainable sustainability VC or the general VCs. That's one. Area we of course we have to keep a close eye on this. Is sustainable innovation technology is a key factor behind the, all this map trend, and、uh, we are happy to see this、uh, innovation technology behind the、um, energy, behind the transportation, behind our、uh, smart city, behind the uh, uh, everything. Okay, the smart homes.、Uh, we see、uh, in these areas we are no difference with the general、uh, VC fund. Okay,、uh, well, one of them, and the other one is the、uh, government regulation. Okay, uh, uh, in many many aspects of the uh, uh, sustainability, the environment, the uh, uh, social responsibility,、uh, responsible areas, the Main driver is the policy and also the government regulation, and、uh, they create which create the market demand.、Uh, either the government issue the check, or they push the uh, companies, big companies, to uh, 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 to buy the the uh, uh, the, the services. Okay,、um, and in the two、uh, situations. Uh, they create the market. They are the buyers. Behind this, the main driving force is the regulation. So we are、uh, we have to take the take right of this this trend. We, you know, if we do more aggressive, it's a little bit uh, 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 ahead of this uh, uh, government regulation. There will be a cost. There will be loss for us. Our helpers will not be happy. So we have to be. Take the right time, the right opportunity, and there's a, a government promotion. There's a new regulation.、Uh, the, the mandate is there, and uh, the the uh, government also big companies are looking for、uh, carbon emission,、uh, looking for opportunities, and then we have to make sure our companies we have to identify such opportunities, which is just the right time to meet their、um, uh, demand. I think you can also say it's a optimistic play behind the sustainability-driven investment. So we have to、uh, make sure、uh, we do successful investment, we do practical investment, we have to、uh, serve our LP and also the the the, the firm's investment. We 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 invest it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and I'm sure particularly. 
yeah, for your dollar-oriented funds, I mean, the international investors, you know, to get your expertise, not just in clean tech, but also the nuanced understanding of the government regulations and how they're changing, you know, how different localities might have different programs. I mean, it's hugely, a hugely valuable service that you provide that might be different than many other, you know, non-Chinese VC firms, uh, for instance. So that's, that's really uh, interesting, Larry. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Great. Well, uh, just want to take a second to thank you so much for being on our show, China Corner Office. I really enjoyed learning about, you know, the evolution of the clean tech industry. I think particularly, you know, the ESG processes uh, are tremendously valued both for the companies, uh, you know, internal processes, but then also, as you mentioned, sort of being able to attract new and interesting clients. So, so I learned a lot. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. I also enjoyed this uh, discussion with you about the ESG investment in China. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on China Corner Office. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Marquis, Kaiser Guo, and Jason McRonald. Did you enjoy the show? If so, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know your thoughts. And don't forget to subscribe to the feed for alerts when new episodes are published. See you soon.